Thank you, Jesus. Hey, can we try that one more time? Are you thankful you're redeemed tonight? Without music, without cheerleading, without a microphone working right, are you thankful he redeemed you? Say it. Say so tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Woo, thank you, Lord. My God, I'm thankful I'm redeemed. Amen. Woo, thank you, Lord. Look around. Smile. Look at all the pretty faces. You know what? If you feel like it, get out of your pew and shake somebody's hand tonight. You feel good tonight? It feels like a good night to me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Anybody notice our special visitors tonight? We got the hands with us again. Woo! It's good to have them back. Give Bishop somebody new to pick on, and maybe he'll leave you alone. If I could have a couple ushers come up. We have a few announcements. Uh, This Sunday, obviously, we have our normal Sunday school at 1030 and our 1115 service. And this Sunday is Grandparents' Day. So if you're a grandparent, if you know a grandparent, uh, yeah, if you got a grandparent, then 9.30, am I right, Sister Tracy? 9.30 in the back. They're going to have donuts and coffee for all the grandparents. Uh, this Saturday, there's a youth bonfire. They're going to meet here at the church at 5.15. Is that right, Brother Thomas? All right, 5.15 here at the church for all the youth if you want to go. Uh, Sunday, we had... A couple issues with our card swipe. And I mainly want to say this because it was Mission Sunday and we're supporting our Missions America pastors, which is very, very, very important. So if you were going to card swipe or if, and if you weren't and you're hearing me now and you're like, I should probably do that. And if I'm guilt tripping you, that's okay too. If you want to give, that's right. Just like a good relationship, you guilt each other into getting what you want. So if you want to give to the Adopt-A-City for our Missions America, you can easily do that. The actual date is this coming Sunday, so we've got a little bit of time. So pray about it. It's very important. We need more churches in the United States, do we not? We look at, we look at foreign all the time. You guys know exactly where my heart is, but we need churches here. We, we know the needs that are here where we live, and we need God everywhere just as bad as the rest of this world. So that's all the announcements. Brother Thomas, will you pray over the offering tonight? Yes, amen and amen. Bring up your tithes and your offerings tonight. Praise and worship with the worship team.
Praise the Lord. Come on. Come on, make that noise. Make that noise for the Lord. Come on, let the devil know we mean business tonight. You don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. Turn around and tell your neighbor, amen, he's done a lot. Amen. He's done a lot for me. And uh, guess what? He'll continue to do a lot for me. And guess what? He's got a lot still yet to do with me. Amen. 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 Thank you. You can be seated. Appreciate you tonight. Appreciate, amen, the spirit of the field in the house of the Lord. And I just want to say, amen, it is a refreshing, refreshing um, speaking of refreshing, well, let me, let me give you the bad news first. Brothers, you're not a brother. What are you making noise? I said, brothers, what are y'all saying stuff for? Y'all don't look like brothers to me. Brothers, uh, we're behind too. But we've been there and done that before, haven't we? So, uh, yeah, like Arnold Schwarzenegger would say, I'll be back. Uh, we'll be back. We will be back. I promise you. Amen. Now, on a positive note, you know, I, I was thinking today, I was sitting on my bus, you know, how many knows when things are a little chaotic, something refreshing, you know, when it pops up, just uh, kind of makes you feel good. And, uh, you know, when I'm sitting at the high school waiting for, I've got, I got elementary kids on there waiting for the high schoolers to come out. It's refreshing to see a couple girls walk by my bus and always stop and talk to me. Sister Amori, Sister Aaliyah, they stop. Now that they're going to count, they stop every day at my bus and smile at me. And uh, I, I, that's refreshing. I appreciate that. And, uh. Amen. I hope I hope that uh, I hope we can see some more Calanites here. So keep you know you just work on them, work on them. Uh, amen. Amen. Well, how many is glad to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Amen. Grab your Bible. Go to Luke chapter thirteen. Oh yes, I'm sorry. I always forget. Uh, Netflix or Kids Quest or whatever it's called back there. Kids Quest. Yeah, Netflix or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, Netflix. Huh? Peerflix? Yeah. 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 Yeah, whatever. Sister Tiffany. I didn't say it though, but you know what I'm thinking. You know what I'm thinking. Yeah, hey, I learned something new tonight. Amen, amen. Luke chapter 13. I made a pact with the Lord. I did, I made a pact with the Lord. Everything that the devil bugs me about, I'm just going to hammer it. I'm going to hammer it. And uh, tonight we're going to start in this... This, most of this month, I think up until the last, uh, last uh, Wednesday of the month, we're going to start something uh, different, but uh, amen, going to be ministering each Wednesday, and I feel like that uh, 
when the when the devil does something to you, you just gotta you just gotta get in his face. Uh, I, I've said this before. I've learned that uh, when I get low in funds, I just give my way out. You give, and it shall be given. You give, and God blesses every time. So I've learned that works, and so I've learned that uh, to fight. Uh, the, the mindset sometimes that we deal with, we just got to just take it straight to our enemy. Luke chapter 13, picking up at verse number 10. And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. Somebody say the Sabbath. Behold, there was a woman which had a great, uh, had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together. Uh, that would be a, hor- uh, in my mind, it's a horrible thought seeing her bowed over. And could no wise lift up herself. When Jesus saw her, he called her to him. And he said, there's another strange thought. Here she's in this condition. And Jesus says, come here. Rather than go to her, he says, come here. Some, some steps of faith here. But notice that. But he said, he, he called her to him. He said, woman. He said, woman, thou art loosed from your thine infirmity. Verse 13. He laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. The ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation (laughs) because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and said unto the people, there are six days in which men ought to work. Hey, listen, we got six days in the week we can do this. The Sabbath is set aside for something else. He said, in them, therefore, come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. Verse 15, the Lord answered him and said, Thou hypocrite, doeth not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to water, to get water, to watering? Verse 16, and ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, notice his reference there, Uh, To me, that's kind of tongue-in-cheek. But whom Satan hath bound, lo, these 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day. And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed, and all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him, by Jesus. Going back to verse number 16, I want to pull up my thought here tonight where it says, and. Ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound these 18 years, be loosed from this bond on Sabbath day? I just want to, this is the thought the Lord's laid on my heart. Any day is a miracle day. Come on, say it with me. Any day is a miracle day. Amen. Thank you. You could be seated. I want to take a few moments tonight to just kind of lay this out there because in my heart, in my prayers, uh, and I even told the Lord this, Lord, it seems like the more we ask for something, the farther away it seems, the more distant it seems to go. Uh, it seems like that way to me. It may not be that way. You might be in a different season. But in my prayer to this, Lord, it just seems like the more we ask or the more I ask for a miracle, it just seems like it seems more and more impossible. The more we pray for certain individuals, it seems like the farther out they get. <laughs> or the worse or the words you get back is just, you know. So I was asking the Lord, and, and so in that, I just felt 
really compelled to talk about miracles. And I began to look at the scripture here about these miracles. And I believe this, and I do, I believe this, that uh, our Pentecostal, our apostolic hallmark, our heritage, uh, and I, I, let me preface this by saying modern day, not, not Old Testament, not biblical times. I'm talking about right now, modern day, is our belief in present day miracles. I, I believe that we as the apostolic Pentecostal, we should, and I do believe in, that the miracles still happen today like they happened in the Word of God. The problem is, is we've gotten far from the Word of God in trusting and believing. And so there's things that we've got to do to get ourselves back. And what we've got to do is remind ourselves what it's going to take. Because evidence of God's power still exists all around us. Let me say that again, devil. All of God's power still exists all around us. God still has power to raise the dead. He has power to heal. He has power to deliver. I don't care how bad the case looks and how, th- how hard things seem. And I- I've been experiencing it. Even this week, I sat and looked at a situation, and I thought, God, you've got to do something because I don't see it. Now, in this here is one of six of the listed, or should I say recorded, Sabbath violations. Look at your neighbor and say violations. That perks up the rebels. Like the violations. There were six listed violations of the Sabbath day. And of the six recorded in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Five of them, guess what? <laughs> involved Jesus. He's the culprit. He's involved. The sixth really merely was just the disciples harvesting, you know, uh, those heads of grain on the Sabbath day. Now, first, I, I think it's appropriate to point out this because it appears Jesus was willing to go beyond boundaries and parameters. I believe that he shows us here about how to go beyond boundaries and perimeters of ritual and ceremonial activity. Now, as an apostolic Pentecost, I'm going to be the first day. We've got a lot of that junk in our churches. We get very ceremonial. We get very ritual. We get very traditional about some things. And let me tell you something. I've had to learn this over the years. Amen. Some of my traditions aren't always the things that's needed in our generation. Come on. Sometimes it's time to move on. It's time to realize God's trying to do something. And Jesus is one of the biggest culprits when it comes to the Sabbath day, especially to the religious folks. Now, get this. Because he was the one. The Pharisees, they were strict in their adherence to the uh, Sabbath day, to the sacredness. Let me say it this way. To the sacredness of the Sabbath. The, The Sabbath to them was sacred. It was holy because God gave it to them for a purpose to rest and, and take time off from their, their work. And, 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 and there's all kinds of restrictions. But over the years, look at your neighbors say over time. Over the years, it got to be treated horribly. 
And Jesus just points out when they point out to him, hey, we don't think you ought to be doing that. That's wrong. He said, hey, y'all been doing that for a long time, even with your mules. I like a little sarcasm every once in a while. I love it when Jesus talks back to us saying, hey, listen, it was good enough for your donkeys. Now, in fact, Jesus attempted to lead them into a greater understanding of its meaning. That's the whole purpose of why it wasn't Jesus was being a rebel. Jesus was just trying to change things. His purpose was simply to meet the greater human need. We need. We are needy people. I shake off that religious. Come on, shake off that I'm spiritual thing. Shake it off. We're needy. And look, if you want to get spirit, I'm needy for spiritual things. Something deeper. Because if you go back to Luke chapter 6, 6 through 11, I'm not going to read it. The first Sabbath confrontation that Jesus has with the Pharisees, it records about a man with a withered hand. In the same scenario, Jesus asked him to stretch forth the hand, healed him. And it upset them because it was a Sabbath. This was the first confrontation. <laughs> now, what I like about both of these episodes, these first couple of things that Jesus tackles, what I like about it is he makes it simplistic. He shows us something. There's no identification. This was just a woman that was bowed. This was a man with a withered hand. No names. We get caught up in that. No identity. No crisis there to worry about. None of that's needed. The scriptures don't tell us of, of their occupations, their background, uh, their social standing, how many likes they get on social media, whether they're YouTube guys. We know they weren't. I mean, that's back in the stone day. They still had the hammer and chisel. No, didn't have any of that. That's what I like about it. No social standing, no background, not even their religious affiliations. Other than knowing, look at here, they were in the synagogue. Oh, let me preach to somebody. They were at church. They were at church in their condition. My God, we can't come to church with a headache. We can't come to church when we're tired. Luke 13 and 1, put it up there. Look at it. The man with the withered hand. In the, from the very beginning, in the very beginning, they were present at, the, at that season. Some that told, told of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with. That ain't the right one. Did I give you the wrong? Luke 6, 6, I'm sorry. We read it. And it came to pass also on another Sabbath that he entered into the synagogue and taught. And there was a man whose right hand was withered. Where was he at? Where was he at? He didn't make excuse. Maybe if we think about miracles, maybe the problem with miracles is us. Maybe we're not willing to sacrifice and go and push and go and push. We give up. 
both of these cases, the scripture tells us as Jesus entered into the synagogue to teach, here they were. Watch. <laughs> because that's what I like about both. It's it very simplistic. They, they both, both of these were from the same common fabric of life. Look at your neighbor and say, like me. They're just like us. They had issues. They had things. I promise you they had other places they could have been. I promise you they had every excuse that they needed, justifiably. I mean, the man with the withered hand, if you read about him, he couldn't even provide for his family. The woman was bowed over so much, she couldn't even stand up straight. Oh, it's getting quiet now. Oh, Brother Purdue, I just want you to talk about miracles. It is. It's miracles. Because you got to be at the right place at the right time. we got to show ourselves, amen, faithful to God and believing and trusting Him. Amen. They went a long time before it ever happened. The Bible says that she had this for 18 years. Man, that's a long time. We can't even do eight weeks. Come on, don't lie. We can't even do eight days. We can't go eight services. Oh, I'm talking to some of you. Lord, after a couple of three, I've said it before, after a couple of three services, well, I deserve a night off. I got stuff to do. That's fine. That's fine. That's life. But I'm telling you, what's happening to the miracle side of things is attitude. It's getting too easy for people to get attitudes about things, uh, amen, and leave the parameters of what God wants to do. If we'll show up, uh, guess what? He'll show up. If we'll do the right thing, uh, I believe he'll do the right thing. I believe in the miracles that God did in those days could happen now. But if you preach it now, oh my Lord, you're a hardliner. You're old school. You're out of touch. All the labels that the world gives the, the political side of things. Homophobic. Radical. Cultic. Controlling. It's what you hear. But they showed up on their own. They simply were there. Look at your neighbor again and say, like me. Everything was ordinary. Except for their problems, their troubles, their infirmities. Because in both cases, both of them, Jesus entered into the church. He entered into the synagogue to teach, and they were there. In the church, the withered hand guy and the bold lady. Simply being into their faith. And I want to emphasize this because this is what the Lord spoke to me today a little bit about. Their faith may have seemed weak because they've been coming and coming and doing and doing and nothing was happening. Sometimes we go a while and our faith may get weak. But let me tell you something. Keep your faith. They had something that kept them going because they kept showing up. Their faith may have been weak, amen, but it was still alive. It hadn't completely disappeared. Because one thing that we can learn from these miracle 
days is that worship, worship is crucial. Watch, listen to me. Here's what the Lord spoke to my spirit. I said, Lord, you know, us pastors, us minister today, we're just getting hammered because we push faithfulness so much. And God says, listen, it's not about the message. It's not about what you say. It's about when they don't show up, they deny me critical worship. We spend so much time listening to junk all week being involved in things all week, uh, the moment and the time that we can set aside for God, uh, amen, and we don't do it, uh, we're stealing, we're robbing God of his critical worship and praise that we can give him. Oh, somebody all right now. Listen, that's why sometimes we got to make up for the week. God, I want to give you more. I'm not animated just to be animated. I want to show you I mean business. I clap my hands. I lift my voice. I shout glory. Because that's the power of consistency. You've heard me, Hebrews 10, 25. You heard me. The Lord spoke to me during this junk going on. Forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. You want to preach Acts 2.38. You want to preach love. You want to preach hope. Amen. We ought to preach, amen, assembling ourselves together just as hard and just as much. Because there's power in assembling together. That's what God has ordained. That's what God has called us to do. To Oh, the church ain't there. I'm tired of hearing people say the church ain't a building. Amen. The church is us coming together. And we come together in a building. That we claim God helped us build. God, if he helped us build it, he ought to help us fill it. No, no. Our faith, our faith says that. Come on, when's the last time some of you really aggressively went after somebody to win a soul? I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm saying that's the truth. When's the last time we pushed and pushed ourselves? Because I found that when I push myself, when I'm not feeling well, if I push myself and come on, God takes care of me. Now, you want me to make you smile? I've come to church with that dreaded bathroom run. Well, if it happens, it'll just be egg on my face. I'll just be the one embarrassed. God takes care of us. If we don't give, listen, if we don't give God the opportunity, hitting and missing ain't getting it. Part-time don't get it. Half love, half sharing don't get it. God is not into half. He's not into almost. He said, I want you to love me with what? All your heart. All your, I want you to give me all your strength. All your, all of it. Not parts, not what you have left over, not what you got left in the week. Look at your neighbor and say, his popularity is rising. Because the church together, assembled together, the gathering of people, because the church is designed to be victorious. 
I, I said this in Bible study last week. When Jesus said this, and he asked the question to Peter, whom say men say I, and when he told Peter, he said, Peter, upon this rock I will build my church. When Jesus said the words, I will build my church, that become judicial. Done deal, written, written in the book. It's not legislative. We don't, hey, listen, I'm going to come, I'm going to talk to you about it. Let's, let's come out with a compromise. He said, I will build my church. Come on, hear that devil? I'm going to have me a church. I'm going to have me a people. That means I'm going to have me miracles. That means I'm going to have me healings. That means I'm going to have me deliverance. Because that's what we are. That's what we need. Come on, I don't know if you ever thought about it or not. But that's what the church is because the church together, when we come together, is one of the most resilient powers to exist. Oh, the devil hates to hear that. That's why he loves a wimpy Christian. Well, you know, you gotta love people, don't worry. No, no, the devil loves that kind of attitude. What did he say? He said, listen, I want you to know something. You're going to be hated for my namesake. You might as well get used to it if you're going to live right. Those that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer. There you go. If we live godly, you're going to have persecution. Somebody going to call you a name outside your name. <laughs> and the devil loves it because you know what happens? When we start letting that build up wall, doubt, anxiety, fear, all the things that we start building that wall with, guess what? It makes it tougher for God to do that miracle. Why couldn't he do miracles at home? The Bible tells us. Because the people looked at him differently. Oh, that's just Joseph's son. The old carpenter boy. He just said, okay, you know, he, he grew up in, right over around the corner from me. Let me, let me, some of you need to step outside of your family. Because you can't do nothing with them. You should start reaching out and branching out somewhere else. Jesus didn't hang around and say, well, I'm going to prove myself to y'all, and I'm going to stick around until y'all know who I am. I'm not just the carpenter boy. No, he got up and he went about his father's business. He went about doing what he needed to do, and those that would receive it, those that would gladly accept it, things would happen. And when he went into the synagogues, guess what? He went there to teach, but what did he do? He healed. Performed miracles. We come on Wednesday night, we may be expecting a Bible study, but God wants to do a miracle today. Today, today. Any day is a day for a miracle. It don't have to be next week. It don't have to have the right song playing. Amen. It's from our heart. If we come.
devil don't like it, but we are powerful. We are powerful. Consistent church assembling, consistent church going, whatever you want to call it, pouring ourselves into a corporate place of worship with fellow believers reaps miracles and reaps benefits. I'm going to wait till that spirit floats away. Because I'm about to rebuke it. Because every time I've said something positive, the devil's tried to make somebody think negative. Oh, I'm speaking to you. Every time the word of God has spoken positive to you, to your spirit, the devil's tried to steal the word right out of your ear, right out of what's been said. In the name of Jesus, come on, I bind it. Why? Because I do believe God can do a miracle right now. I do believe God can do it right now. I do believe there's somebody, amen, that can believe it enough right now and say, Lord, here am I. Here am I. I've been waiting. I've been trusting. I've been coming. Guess what, Lord? I believe you. I believe you. I believe you. You came to teach, but I want to draw from you. Hallelujah. It reaps benefits. It reaps miracles. Because in the church, we get encouraged. We get challenged. In the church, we get understanding. In the church, we learn how to pray. In the church, we teach our young people. In the church, we invest our time and money. Amen. So that we can reach the local church or the local community and the world. In the church, there's evangelism. There's training. Jesus focuses on the people, not the problem. Stop looking at your witheredness. Stop looking at being bowled over. Stop looking at being downtrodden. Jesus didn't look at the withered hand. He didn't look at the woman in the condition. He looked at the sin. He looked at their life. He looked at who they were. My God, they didn't fast three or four days. They didn't fast. They didn't go into a prayer meeting before Jesus healed them. We got this kind of idea that we got to have all this strict stuff before God can do anything. Devil, that's a lie. I said, devil, that's a lie. They came expecting, uh, amen, to hear the word of God. When the word of God goes forth, uh, guess what? When the word of God shows up, that's enough. Woo, hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel healing. I feel deliverance. I may leave here walking bow-legged, but I feel it now. Push yourself. Make an effort. Believe God. Encourage others. Oh, honey, stay home. No, get to the church. Get to where God could do something when we come together. Hallelujah. Now let me wind up here. Let me show you the world's way. 
It's addressed in the Word. Hosea chapter 8, verse number 7. Put that up there. For they have sown the wind, they shall reap the whirlwind. It has no stock, the bud shall yield no meal. If so be it yield, the strangers shall swallow it up. You know what happens to us? Just exactly what the Word of God tells us. We sow the wind. We sow so much noise, so much junk, so much stuff. And the only thing that we're going to reap is the whirlwind. Come on. Devil, did you hear that? He don't like for us to understand, amen, that we have power. Amen, we have power to overcome. We have power. That's why greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Amen, it's not the wind and it's not the whirlwind. Guess what we need to sow? We need to sow faith. We need to speak faith. We need to stand on faith. Amen, we need to act in faith. We need to move in faith. What we do should be about faith. Everything, my giving is faith. Everything I do is faith. Because our modern culture has sown inappropriate behavior for a long time. The only thing it's going to reap is the whirlwind. Should be not, shouldn't even be, shouldn't be surprising. Stand by me. Listen, person of God, church. If the efforts of the church focus solely on the problems of man and this world. Come on, we're all friends as well as we are brothers and sisters in the Lord. We're saying stuff to each other. We're worried about things that some of us, and you know what? Stop looking at the problems. Stop looking at the situations. Get out of business and start speaking faith. Well, that went over good. Come on, it's the truth. I've learned that when the truth goes forward, sometimes it takes a moment for us to realize. And then when we check ourselves and realize where I'm at, uh, then I realize, you know what, Lord? I know you're talking to me. I've got to move. I've got to talk. I've got to act in faith. I've got to get everybody else's problems. I've got to quit looking at the situation, uh, amen, and start saying, God, uh, I know that you're able. I know that you're willing. I know that you're going to do something. I don't know what it is. I don't know when it is. But I know you're, oh, listen to me, devil. You're going to do it, Lord. You're going to do it, Lord. You're going to do it, Lord. You're going to send miracles. You're going to send healing. God, you're going to deliver people. That seems impossible to deliver. Yes, yes, yes. Yay and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not just getting excited. I'm not just getting emotional. I want the devil to know my heart. I believe it. Hallelujah. Come on, we can't allow the force of this gospel to be minimized in our world today, in our culture, in our in our lifestyle. 
Come on, just being social, just being uh, humanitarian is not going to get it. That's only temporary. It's temporal. It's great to love. It's great to give. It's great to do. But it's got to be more. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord right now. Come on, just... Things happen when we get on the same page. Things happen when we get in the same mindset. Come on. It's time now to stop checking yourself uh, and step back and say, I've done did that. Now I'm going to move forward. Now I'm going to speak faith. Now I'm going to act in faith. Now I'm going to believe more. Now I'm going to do more. Come on. You may have showed up and didn't feel like it. God's going to bless you. There are benefits. Because the power of the Holy Ghost, the power of God will focus on the need and not the withered environment and not the infirmity environment. Come on, because you need, I need delivered. We need to have a different mindset. We need to think different, look different about things because we've got in that same traditional pattern as the Pharisees did, and Jesus had to tell them. He had to explain to them, listen, I come for people. I don't come for things. I come for eternal, not temporal. Even the things God has given you, you've already messed it up and you're already violating it. He let them know. Woo, I feel the Holy Ghost, man. Power of God. Come on, it focuses on the need. Jesus did it. Jesus did it. Come on, he didn't sensationalize nothing. In the name of Jesus, in the name that's all that's holy, hallelujah. Come on, the Sabbath got corrupted. Let's not let the church fall in the same category. By our traditional thoughts and our habit of doing things. It's got to be for people, for people, for souls. It's got to be. Lord, I feel I feel the Lord speaking right now. Come on, Lord, draw, draw, draw. Come on, step out in faith. Step out in faith. Come to this altar. Lift your hands. Come on, you got a withered condition? You got a bad situation? Come on, you ought to be right there. Yes, Lord, I'm here. I don't know about time. I'm here. Devil try to tell you, wait, wait. No, I'm here. I done been, I'm here.
It's my season. It's my time. Thank God I didn't stay home. Hallelujah.